This is part six of Ricky Ticky Tavi by Rudyard Kipling. And last time we left off, uh, Ricky Ticky the mongoose had uh, helped kill a snake. And um, that's kind of where we left off. Uh, this, uh, this part, part six, is meant for the week of June 1st. That night at dinner, walking to and fro among the wine glasses on the table, he could have stuffed himself three times over with nice things, but he remembered Nag and Nagina and thought it was very pleasant to be patted and petted by Teddy's mother and to sit on Teddy's shoulder. His eyes would go red from time to time, and he would go off into his long war cry of ricky ticky ticky tick Teddy carried him off to bed and insisted that Ricky-Ticky sleep under his chin. Ricky-Ticky was well too bred to bite or scratch, but as soon as Teddy was asleep, he went off for his nightly walk around the house, and in the dark, he ran up against Chikundra, the muskrat, creeping around by the wall. Chikundra is a broken-hearted little beast. He whimpers and cheeps all night, trying to make up his mind to run into the middle of the room, but he never gets there. Don't kill me, said Chikundra, almost weeping. Ricky-Ticky, don't kill me. Do you think a snake killer kills muskrats, said Ricky-Ticky scornfully. Those who kill snakes get killed by snakes, said Chikundra, more sorrowfully than ever. And how am I to be sure that Nag won't mistake me for you some dark night? There's not the least danger, said Ricky-Ticky. But Nag is in the garden and I know you won't go there. My cousin Cha, the rat, told me, said Chikundra, and then he stopped. Told you what? Hush! Nag is everywhere, Ricky-Ticky. You should have talked to Cha in the garden. I didn't, so you must tell me quick, Chikundra, or I'll bite you. Chikundra sat down and cried till the tears rolled off his whiskers. I am a very poor man, he sobbed. I never had spirit enough to run into the middle of the room. Hush, I mustn't tell you anything. Can't you hear, Ricky-Ticky? Ricky-Ticky listened. The house was as still as still, but he thought he could hear just the faintest scratch-scratch in the world, a noise as faint as that of a wasp walking on a windowpane, the dry scratch of a snake's scales on brickwork. That's Nag or Nagina, he said to himself, and he's crawling into the bathroom sluice. You're right, Chikundra. I should have talked to Cha. He stole off to Teddy's bathroom, but there was nothing there. And then to Teddy's mother's bathroom. At the bottom of the smooth plaster wall, there was a brick pulled out to make a sluice for the bathwater. And as Ricky Ticky stole in by the masonry curb where the bath is put, he heard Nag and Nagina whispering together outside in the moonlight. <clears throat> when the house is emptied of people, said Nagina to her husband, he will have to go away, and then the garden will be ours again. Go in quietly and remember that the big man who killed Karait is the first one to bite, and then come out and tell me. And we will hunt for Ricky-Ticky together. <clears throat> but are you sure that there is 
anything to be gained by killing the people, said Nag. Everything. When there are no people in the bungalow, did we have a mongoose in the garden? So long as the bungalow is empty, we are king and queen of the garden. And remember that as soon, very soon our eggs in the melon bed will hatch, as they may tomorrow. And our children will need room and quiet. I had not thought of that, said Nag. I will go. But there is no need that we should hunt for Ricky Ticky afterward. I will kill the big man and his wife and the child if I can, and come away quietly. Then the bungalow will be empty and Ricky Ticky will go. Ricky Ticky tingled all over with rage and hatred at this, and then Nag's head came through the sluice, and his five feet of cold body followed it. Angry as he was, Ricky Ticky was very frightened as he saw the size of the big cobra. Nag coiled himself up raised his head and looked into the bathroom in the dark, and Ricky Ticky could see his eyes glitter. Now if I kill him here, Nagina will know, and if I fight him on the open floor, the odds are in his favor. What am I to do? said Ricky Ticky Tavi. Nag waved to and fro, and then Ricky Ticky heard him drinking from the biggest water jar there was to use to fill the bath. That is good, said the snake. Now when Karate was killed, the big man had a stick. He may still have that stick, but when he comes in to bathe in the morning, he will not have the stick. I shall wait here until he comes. Nagina, do you hear me? I shall wait here in the cool of the day. There was no answer from outside, so Ricky Ticky knew Nagina had gone away. Nag coiled himself down, coil by coil, around the bulge at the bottom of the water jar, and Ricky Ticky stayed still as death. After an hour, he began to move muscle by muscle toward the jar. Nag was asleep, and Ricky Ticky looked at his big back, wondering which would be the best place for a good hold. If I don't break his back at the first jump, said Ricky, he can still fight. And if he fights, oh, Ricky. He looked at the thickness of the neck below the hood, but that was too much for him. And one and a bite near the tail would only make Nag savage. <clears throat> it must be the head, he said at last. The head above the hood. And when I and once I'm there, I must not let go. Then he jumped. The head was lying a little clear of the water jar under the curve of it. And as his teeth met, Ricky braced his back against the bulge of the red earthenware to hold the head down. This gave him just one second's purchase, and he made the most of it. Then he was battered to and fro as a rat is shaken by a dog to and fro on the floor, up and down and round in great circles. But his eyes were red, and he held on to the body as 
as the body cart-whipped over the floor, upsetting the tin dipper and the soap dish and the flesh brush and banged against the tin side of the bath. As he held his, as he held, he closed his jaws tighter and tighter, for he made sure he would be banged to death, and for the honor of his family, he preferred to be found with his teeth locked. He was dizzy, aching, and felt shaken to pieces when something went off like a thunderclap just behind him. A hot wind knocked him senseless, and the fire singed his fur. The big man had been awakened by the noise and had fired both barrels of a shotgun into Nag just behind the hood. Ricky Ticky held on with his eyes shut, for now he was quite sure he was dead, but the head did not move, and the big man picked him up and said, It's the mongoose again, Alice. The little chap has saved our lives now. Then Teddy's mother came in with a very white face and saw what was left of Nag, and Ricky Ticky dragged himself to Teddy's bedroom and spent half the rest of the night shaking himself tenderly to find out whether he was really broken into forty pieces, as he fancied. When the morning came, he was very stiff, but well pleased with his doings. Now I have Nagina to settle with, and she will be worse than five nags, and there's no knowing when the eggs she spoke of will hatch. Goodness, I must go and see Darzee, he said. <laughs>